Radio advertising is good. Why should you advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340? Well, it's simple. We are a local radio station with local shows that target our local communities and local listeners. We have a variety of shows that cover a multitude of informative and interesting topics, such as automotive and boating, real estate and finance, health and medical, politics and law, sports and fishing, pet care, and more. While we are even home to Imus in the Morning, we also have shows about comedy, food and dining, religion, fashion, local community events and activities and a variety of music. Talk radio provides a listening format that appeals to a large cross-section of people. Whether you are in your car, at work, at home, everyone has a radio. And we are streamed live on the Internet. And past shows are podcasted so you, the listener, can play back your favorite shows over and over again. The possibilities are endless. So that, my listeners, is why you should advertise on the Tam Talk Radio Network, AM 1340. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Let me tell you about my company, Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. I have over 35 years' experience with classic, vintage sport and racing cars. I do appraisals, consulting, and pre-purchase inspections. Before you buy your next rare classic, the car of your dreams, give me a call at Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc. 727-541-1741. Also, due to my 28 years' experience in the auto salvage business, I am very good with wrecks. So if your car has been in a wreck... Call me for a diminished value report. Call me at 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for lost value of your repaired vehicle. That's Gulfstream Motorsports, Inc., 727-541-1741. And be sure to tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, Wednesdays, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Tantalk Radio Network, AM 1340. If you like golf, enjoy affordable golf at Magnolia Valley Golf Club located on Massachusetts Avenue in Newport Ritchie. Play for as little as $15 after 2 p.m. The club has two beautiful courses to choose from, an 18-hole championship par 72 plus another 9-hole executive par 33. Join their open leagues on Wednesday afternoons at 4 and Sunday mornings at 8. Call 727-847-2342 for tee times or visit their website magnoliavalleygolfclub.com. You live here? Yes. Well, maybe you know what a zombie is. When a person dies and is buried, it seems there's certain voodoo priests who, who have the power to bring him back to life. Horrible. It's worse than horrible because a zombie has no will of his own. You see them sometimes walking around blindly with dead eyes, following orders, not knowing what they do, not caring. You mean like Democrats? Hi, this is Barack Obama. This is Joe Biden. Oh! <laughs> You ask for it, of course. Punk. Legitanity. Gritty, scum-sucking, pencil-neck geek. Are we live? Yeah, you are live. I had a computer meltdown. A computer meltdown? Okay, listeners. Hey, if you can find that, our intro song, go ahead and play it back. And uh, hey, you're tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll have to uh, apologize for the technical difficulty, but I guess uh, they didn't like our joke. So you know, oh, I thought it was good. You thought it was good. I thought it was good. I guess the conspiracy people out there, you know, kind of chasing us around here. Any rate, hey, we got a great show for you tonight. We got uh, what else? We got we got a great super guest tonight. Another famous, well-known, legendary race car driver. We got a couple cool songs, and we have a clip. Hey, you want to play our intro real quick? Yeah, yeah. Now we'll play. Let's, let's go backwards now. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're back. And in case you uh, missed the first uh, couple seconds of the show, we actually had a technical meltdown. But other than that, we're doing fine. So uh, welcome to the radio show. This is Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Run to your computers quickly and Google Tantalk1340.com. And you can see us live in the studio. And I will be waving. I'm waving right now. For those of you that already have your computer, your, your, your computer flipped on. And that's the beauty of uh, live radio, as I can screw up. There's absolutely no delay. And, uh, oh, well, what can I say? That's, uh, that's the way it is. At any rate, hey, what, we got that first song queued up? All right, we're going to go to our first song, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm going to blah, blah, blah for, so, uh, for a few minutes. Hang in there, guys. When 
Moses walked the children out of Egypt land. Said, now don't you worry, we're in the Lord's hands. He's gonna walk beside us, time is coming near. He's gonna wash away all our misery and our fear. I got a feeling in my body, this will be our lucky day. Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radium Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great place to eat right on the main part of Clearwater Beach. Located at 333 South Gulfview Boulevard. Crabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill has two floors of food, drink, and fun. They have daily specials, happy hour, and nightly entertainment. Their menu caters to seafood lovers as well as land lovers. Grabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill, 727-608-2065. They're open in the morning for breakfast until 1 a.m. So stop by and visit my friends, Turtle, Eddie, and Polly, and all the girls and staff at Grabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill. That's 727-608-2065. Mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you never know, you might get a free drink. That's Grabby's Beachwalk Bar and Grill on Clearwater Beach, 727-608-2065. There's no need to fear. Underdog is here. 
Okay, it's yours truly. I am back, your host. This is Robert, and you're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. So, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, something going on out there. At any rate, hey, let me bring up the speed here real quick. Don't forget, last week I had a real special guest on, a friend of mine. His name's uh, Chris, and he's putting on this really cool car auction in October. And it's October 14th and 15th, and it's called the Crown Collector Car Auction. And it will be over at Tampa at the fairgrounds. And it's going on at the same time that the uh, Street Rod Nationals is going on. So, And there's a gun fest over there. For, so for all you right-wing gun-carrying conservatives and Ford lovers, hey, this should be a great weekend for us. And because, uh, as like I always say, Ford rules. Ford it, has a better idea. That's it, man. That's the right thing. Anyway. Play that again. I like that. Ford has a better idea. Okay. Remember, Ford Flatheads were the original race motors, okay? And they to this, to this day, they still rule, okay? There was a, a decade or two when they, when they eked some Chevrolets and those Mopar cars in there. But, uh, you know, Ford has a better idea. And it wasn't Chevrolet, and it wasn't Mopar. At any rate, uh, don't forget to join uh, Chris, myself. I'll be over there. I'll be uh, maybe doing some announcing, so I'll be wandering around the auction. So be sure and check out the Crown Collector Auction. That's October 14th and 15th at the Tampa Fairgrounds, okay? Hey, also, this Saturday, as well as every Saturday, down at Sneaky Pete's Scoops and Subs, down at 5507 38th Avenue North in St. Pete, okay? we got the Saturday Night Car Show. It starts at 5 o'clock, goes to 9 o'clock. Great hot dogs, great subs, great vanilla milkshakes. What we had the other day, we had one of those milkshakes, I guess they call it uh, some sort of icing or cake uh, ice cream or something like that. Wicked little milkshake. I'm a big milkshake malt fan, anyway. And uh, so be sure and sh- tune in to tune in. Join us at uh, Sneaky Peaks Scoops and Subs, okay? 5507 38th Avenue North. For you guys who live down in St. Pete Pinellas Park area, it's just down the street from uh, Biff Burgers, okay? The phone number down there, 727 343 3030. 727 343 3030. Also, hey, big deal. Tonight, open mic night, as in every Wednesday night, open mic night at Naughty Nancy. So for some great food, drink, some laughs. Some music, some amateurs, some uh, really good guitars, musicians. Join us at Naughty Nancy's. That's a quarter of a mile north of Drew Street, right on the trail here, right behind the radio studio at 700 Eldridge. And the phone number there is 727-446-3717. 727-446-3717. Oh, yeah, hey. And this is a big plug for our buddy Bill, who works in the studio with us. He's over at uh, Tampa at the, uh, I guess it's called the Mangroves, which is a, and I'm not a, I'm not a smoker, but I'm just going to give him a plug tonight. It's a, some sort of a cigar joint over there. So be sure and tune in to the Never Too Late Show with Patty live at Mangroves in Tampa. Mr. Bill, I hope you're listening. This is for you, buddy, and Patty, all right? So uh, return the favor. Anyway, what do we got next? We got something lined up here? All right, I'm going to keep blabbing for a few minutes, and then, uh, well, my assistant, my uh, my production engineer, Cedric, he's with us tonight. Hi, Ced, how you doing? Anyway, he's getting our special guest on for the evening. So we're going to get him all queued up and sitting on the uh, sidelines. And then we're going to go to a couple more songs, some movie clips. I'm sure you guys will recognize these songs coming up. And the music clip. This is a real popular song. Let me tell you about our guest, too, real quick. He's a well-known race car driver, did a lot of sports car racing. He was involved and participated in some serious Trans Am racing and then evolved and moved on to some serious Can-Am racing. Okay, he's got some great stories. He's a great race car driver. He's well-known. He currently does a whole bunch of vintage racing. Uh, he'll be at... Uh, Brian Redmond's event here in Elkhart Lake this weekend in, uh, where is that? Elkhart Lake is Wisconsin, okay? That's Road America, Super Track. Um, you can catch, sometime, sometimes it's filmed, It's uh, it's got live TV coverage on the uh, one of the speed channels, um, or speed or HD TV thingy, whatever, you know, shows how much I know. Anyway, we got that uh, next song queued up. All right, we're going to fire this baby up, and then we're going to go through uh, the rest of the show. So stick to it, guys. Constantly And all through the week My competition gets the praise That style, that pep, that body line There was a time when he praised mine He's not fooling me He's with my rival And I know right where they are He's carrying things too far My rival is a baby blue racing 
car. I could be the senorita or a lady of fame. A gold digger with a crazy figure. Beat her at her own game. I'll make you a bed, I'd make him forget A hostess on a jet, a sexy brunette A model from Paris, a wealthy heiress A chick who's a gasser, a graduate of Vassar A socialite who's out all night A famous movie star A debutante or Charlie's aunt A golfer who shoots hard Can't compare the female gender With a spare or with a fender Rabbit. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. I'd like to tell you about a great pizza shop right here in downtown Clearwater, Bro's Pizzeria, voted number one in the city of Clearwater. They're located at 547 South Fort Harrison Avenue. They have great New York-style pizza, as well as delicious lasagna, spaghetti and meatballs, manicotti, linguine. And if you're in the neighborhood for lunch, they have great hot and cold sandwiches and appetizers. So call 727-441-6025 for takeout and deliveries, or stop by for a veal parmesan dinner and a nice glass of vino. That's Bro's Pizzeria. Check out their website and watch my friend Olti create a spectacular pizza before your very eyes. What would you like on your pizza? Call Bro's Pizzeria, 727-441-6025. That's 727-441-6025. And tell them Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. As most of you know, I'm in the car business, and often I need cars towed. Well, Kotakis Towing has all the trucks and equipment to meet your needs. Whether it's long distance, short distance, or just around the corner, they can get it done. Kotakis Towing, located at 1141 Court Street in Clearwater. Also, they have a full-service repair and body shop to meet all your automotive needs. So give my friends Lefty and Joey a call at Kotakis Towing at 727-447-1952. And be sure and mention Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you might get a discount. All right, I'm back, and we are live here in downtown Clearwater. This is Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and uh, we're in the process of trying to get a hold of our guests. As usual, well, not as usual, actually, for some strange reason, we're having some technical difficulties, but he will be with us shortly. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but that last song that I played was from was Anne margaret singing uh, Baby Blue Racing Car from the movie Viva Las Vegas. Now, when I was a little kid growing up in San Francisco... I uh, probably saw that movie once, twice, three times, four times, a hundred times. I sat there and over and over and over and watched that movie because that was really, really cool. Not just to watch Ann Margaret, but to watch the race cars. Hey, how are we doing there? Hey, I just got off the line with him. He was wondering if he could uh, call back in or have us call him back in ten minutes. Ten minutes. He's, uh, he apparently had an emergency. He had to take somebody to the hospital, but he's good to go in about ten. Okay, that's fine. Uh, that's fine with us. Whatever we got to do. So let me see if I can keep my mouth going here for the next ten minutes. You think that would be tough for me to do that, Cedric? I don't know. You're, you're pretty, a pretty good orator. I'm a pretty good orator. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Well, That's anyway. A fancy word. Hey, what do we got? We got any more little cartoon? What, what else I got in my little log there as far as goofy little things we could be playing? You know, I, I should pull some of that if I got, you know, like these little things like... Gritty, scum-sucking, pencil-neck geek. You know, all that. that uh, are, we re- are we referring to that... Uh, I better keep my mouth shut. <laughs> we got bulletproof windows around here. <laughs> you want me to go lock the front door for you? Yeah, lock the front door. Okay. <laughs> Make sure nobody comes walking in here. You know... And because uh, my stuff's my, <laughs> I'm unarmed. Okay, so <laughs> I can't get to my truck in time. Schrader will make sure nobody comes in and tries Schrader. to mess with you. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so anyway, hey, let me talk a little bit more about uh, what we talk about. Cars, cars. Hey, that's what the show's all about. So, uh, matter of fact, today I went and looked at a uh, 1956 Thunderbird for uh, Chris. Um, one thing I will say about this auction, though, and I'm going to go back to that for a second. Chris is really going to try to make an effort to, and I know you're listening, Chris, uh, to get really first-hand quality cars. So if there's anybody out there that's got a first-hand quality car that they would like to have auctioned off at this particular auction. Now, we're not talking some slapped-together piece of junk, and believe me, I look at a lot of cars and I see it, and no offense to anybody, but you really got to look at what you got. But Chris is really trying to make this a first-class, grade-A auction. So what he's trying to do is get 
150 to 200 nice, nice cars and bring some high-roller people in there, some high-roller buyers. In order to do that to attract a really, really good audience, you've got to have good product. So the cars that he's looking for are hand-picked, quality, really nice, number two, strong number two. Number one's really, really hard to find, but let's just say strong number two, restored cars. Whether it's a vintage sports car, whether it's a vintage race car, whether it's a muscle car, whether it's classic American Island, iron, 30s, 40s. So if there's anybody out there, if you have an interest in consigning your cars, give Chris a call at 1-800, actually it's 855-552-7696. That's 855-552-7696. Call Chris, okay? That's the Crown Collector car auction and that will be this fall in october in tampa okay now we haven't had a really nice auction here in a long time cruz used to do them cruz has some so-so cars you know there's like a lot of you know run-of-the-mill stuff but we're trying to get he's trying me we we're trying to get this thing together and trying to get it going we want first-hand quality cars we're also going to try to get some really nice entertainment there for you we're going to have some really good displays at this particular auction okay so this is not going to be just you know going to the street rod nationals and see the usual stuff that you got there this car collection uh, this car auction is going to be first rate we're gonna have and and we may have some surprise entertainment okay i'm not going to mention who they are but we're working on some big name guys okay now i've mentioned some people in the past but there are some people in florida that are great musicians great band guys um some real hardcore car guys some celebrities from out west some some celebrities from up north we're going to have we're going to give you guys a really great show okay so again call chris at the crown collector auction that's 855-552-7696 okay and, uh, hey, Seth, how are we doing? We got our special guest on the phone? Not yet? Okay, we're still working. That means i got to talk some more. Okay, so I guess he had a little something pop up in which that can happen. You know, it is live. It is radio. Anything's possible. But, anyway, back to this car that I looked at today. I checked out this 56 Thunderbird. Okay, now, uh, 5, 6, and Thunderbirds, 5, 6, and 7 Thunderbirds were built in a series, and they were built originally to kind of compete with uh, the 1953 Corvette. Um, the original intent was to make the car kind of a sports car, but then Henry Ford II thought, you know what, I'm a little bit more refined. I don't really want a really hardcore sports car. It's like something a little bit more. It falls in the category, category of what they used to call back in the day a personal sports car. Okay, So it's not a real sports car in, in terms of like a Jaguar. Back in the day, you would have had a 120 Jag, a 140 Jag. You would have had a uh, tr Let's see, TR3, yeah, probably, MGTDTF, TF would have been around about that time, the Mercedes 190SL, the Porsche, obviously, the 356 cars, the, the uh, coupes and cabs that they had at the time. So the Thunderbird was basically America's version of that. The Corvette, which was kind of a cool car, although anemic when it first hit the market because of the little six-cylinder blue flame you know, three-carb jobby, and then they kind of wise, and they threw their little small block V8 in it in, six, in 55. Uh, but the bird came out right away when it was introduced in, uh, I think, late 54, okay, for the 55 production year. And it really went over really, really, really good. And then, of course, over the years, it evolved into the 56 with the Continental Kit. Okay, same basic car. They put the little louvers in the size. So they flip open. Uh, the car had a whole bunch of really cool little features. Actually, back in the day, it was, I don't know if most of you guys know that, but they, um, they actually had programmable seats. So, you know, everybody thinks that we got power seats and program, programmable seats, the stuff that uh, is today's technology. Not so. They actually had that stuff back in the day. And uh, so this particular car that I looked at had power seats, had both tops. Uh, and believe it or not, in those days, you could actually order with or without a convertible top, with or without a hard top, or both, or none. You know, because basically the, the cool thing about cars back in those days, you could order them a la carte, so to speak. So in other words, you could have just about anything you want. You could get dual quads, you could get which was available in 55, 56, not 55, and you could get a uh, single four-barrel, obviously. And uh, and I think even they had two motors that were available, a 292, a 312, uh, 312 with dual quads on it. But what was really rare is to have actually the 292, and I think it came in a two-barrel version. And also they offered that in 57 as well, and it's called a Seabird. Most people aren't aware of that. That would be a good trivial question, I think. That. George, if you're listening, you can call me up and correct me because I know you're an expert aficionado on 5, 6, and 7 Thunderbirds because that's your specialty. George is one of our most uh, prolific automotive listeners that we have out there and really, really knowledgeable on 5, 6, and 7 Thunderbirds and some early cars. He's even has a cool, some cunning hands and some other really, really neat stuff back in the day. And um, at any rate, 
The car was a really, really nice car. So with a little, with a little luck, the gentleman that owns it uh, will consign this car with us. And, uh, you know, the going market on 55, 56 Thunderbird, 5, 6, and 7, they kind of vary. Um, they're probably in the mid-30s, mid-high 30s, you know, for a nice above-average driver. And that's kind of what we're looking for to get at the auctions. Above-average drivers, you know, cars that were taken apart, put together with nice with good intentions and put together properly, you know, not something that was taken apart, slapped together, smeared and skim coated and everything like that, and then shot some paint over it and then did a little cheap upholstery on it. And, you know, a lot of that stuff's just not correct and not detailed. So at any rate, this is a pretty decent car, so this should be exciting to have this. And then, of course, Chris has got uh, a number of really, really cool mid-year Corvettes that are going to be setting up there. He's got, I think, a couple of Packards line up, so mid-30s Packards. We're looking forward to that. And also our friends over at Jim and Stu Grady from the other TV or radio show. Uh, what's that show called? Max on Motoring. They're on Wednesdays or Thursdays, and they actually moved back to their original time. They're, they used to be on Thursdays at 3 o'clock. Now they're back at 11 o'clock. So, Jim, Stu, here's a plug for you guys. And uh, they're going to have a couple cars there on consignment probably, too. So um, give those guys a call. They're up there at Corvettes and Collectibles up in Newport Ritchie. They do consign cars. He's got this little website thing calling, going on. It's called Hot Auto Web. And uh, how are we doing there, Sed? Still hanging in there, huh? All right. Anyway, hey, what else we got on that little? What is what else is on my little list of funny little things to play? Got anything in there you can eke in there for me? I can get something queued up real quick. Yeah, just throw a couple little things in there from time to time, just to kind of break the monotony. Because I'm sure not everybody really wants to hear me talk. Because that's something. You know what? I got like an on-off switch. The switch is on right now. It says blah 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 blah. Right? And that well. Don't they tune in to hear you talk about cars? Well, yeah, that's true. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to talk about cars. And uh, matter of fact, on the cover of this uh, sheet here, um, the uh, p- promotional card that uh, I have from Chris on the auction is a real nice 70, 71. I can't tell, 70 to 72, but it's an LT1 Corvette. Now, for all you guys out there that don't know a lot about the LT1 Corvette, particularly 70, 71, and 72, but when the car came out in 70, it was rated at 370 horsepower. They put the same motor, the same driveline, in a Camaro and it was rated at 360. Go figure. Um, but at any rate, so the Corvette LT1, which was a 370-horse solid lifter, mechanical lifter motor, four-speed only in 71, 72, and 70, excuse me, 70, 71. 72, you could get that car with an automatic and air conditioning, okay? But in 70, the purpose for that car was, because in 69, they had a 350-horse 350, which I don't believe was a mechanical lifter motor, but I think it was hydraulic. But nonetheless, in 70, that was supposed to be the Porsche killer, because Porsche was just running circles around everybody back in the late 60s, early 70s. And, of course, since uh, uh, Road America is going on this weekend, which is um, up in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, uh, just probably about an hour north of uh, – 45 minutes north of Milwaukee, to give you guys a reference point. Um, that was the car that uh, tried to keep up with the Porsches. They did pretty good in a straight line because just about anything would run – straight you know in a straight line with the Porsches but Porsches just had amazing set of brakes on them and they had amazing uh power and and handling to get out of the turn so it was really hard for them to do that well the Corvette 350 LT1 cars were designed to basically combat that particular car that was their nemesis at the time and they were fairly successful you know in the right hands that car could do pretty good um at any rate, so he's got an LT1 on there. He's also got what appears to be a 36-37 Packard on here. Looks like a uh, coupe, club coupe with a rumple seat on it. Okay, so But anyway, you can go to the website. There is a website, and it's called www.crowncollectorcars.com. Okay, and uh, so that'll be uh, pretty exciting. Hey, let me tell you about some of the guests that I might be having that I'm looking forward to having on in the future here. Okay, we have Lynn St. James is coming on next week. Now, Lynn St. James was probably the first lady uh, race car driver to uh, challenge Indy. Okay, and she was successful for a number of years. And uh, so we'll have her on next week. I'm working on getting some other really, really, really surprise guests, but I won't count my chicky, chicky, chickies before their hats. I'm still working on Roger Penske, Mr. Penske. Um, and I'm still working on Carol Shelby. I'm hoping to get these two guys on. Now, I may not get him on for very long. If I can get him for 10, 15 minutes or so, I think I'd be really excited about that because these guys are just phenomenal people. You talk about legendary people. That's the whole purpose of this radio show. The whole purpose of this radio show is to somehow get these really, really, really legendary guys that are still around that can still tell us the stories. It's always great and interesting to read stories, but it's more interesting, I think, at any rate, to kind of hear from them, you know, hear straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And as in the case with uh, 
Like, you know, you got these TV shows nowadays. You know, there's a lot of shows out there where, you know, Car Crazy for one of them, I mean, that's McGuire's. As a matter of fact, Barry McGuire is on our list of people that may be appearing on our show. So uh, I'm working on him, too. Um, it seems like any time I have to go through PR uh, people, um, often, it, you know, it's politics as usual. If I meet these people at some of the functions and I get their direct lines and sometimes just deal directly with their secretaries, then often I have a pretty good shot at getting them on the show. But it takes a while. So for any of you guys, for all you guys that listen to the show, I do put hours and hours and hours trying to meet and greet these people, contact these people, follow up, you know, trying to research the information on these people, try to get the, you know, so I can kind of prepare a good show for you guys, an interesting show. Uh, I try to get, um, you know, the right kind of information. I also try to get, uh, you know, some cute little cartoons every once in a while, some old commercials, uh, scenes from movies, clips from movies, you know, and other little things that I might slip in there once in a while. And uh, so it takes a lot of effort to kind of put together a little hour show or 40, 57 minutes, 53 minutes, whatever it amounts to. And um, at any rate, uh, we are still trying to get our guest. Uh, must have been something pretty important because uh, he's uh, got some stuff he's got to take care of, which which is understandable. Things happen. At any rate, I am going to... What else we got? Hey, why don't you go ahead and fire up that other song, and then I'll think of something else to say here in a minute, and I'm going to have to jump to the computer and try to find something for you guys to uh, listen to real quick. Hey, boss, here comes Lucky Jackson with his entry. All right, back her right in here, Mr. Jackson. Here we go. Bring it around, little... Now, this is quite a ring. I never saw anything like it. Yeah, it's one of a kind. I built it myself. What did she do? Well, I don't know yet. I'm on my way to Los Angeles to pick up a motor. I'll be back tomorrow. Fine. I'd like to pay in advance, Mr. Baker. No, I... Thank you. Hmm. Well... What do you think of it, Mr. Lackey Jackson? Well, Elmo Mancini, the Italian racing count. How do you know who I am? I went three times to watch you drive at the Julapi race at Western Speedway. You are brilliant, my friend. Hey, coming from the champion. In Europe. And now I would like to prove myself in your country. Too bad you're on your way back to Los Angeles. I had a proposition to make to you. Me? Yes. You see, I admire the bravado with which you drive, and I would like you to drive for me. You mean you're not going to drive in the Grand Prix? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I intend to win. Oh, now I get it. You want to use uh, my bravado to block for you so you can That's come right. through. That's right. I knew you were clever, Mr. Jackson. Well, just a couple of three things wrong with your proposition. Oh. I don't work for anybody. I never run second to anybody. And one small thing, I intend to win. Do you think you can beat both of us? I'm going to try. I'd like to see what you've got under here. Oh, be my guest. Well, you have made some changes, haven't you? I got my little secrets. Yeah, I can tell. help you? Yes, ma'am. Well, then I'd like you to check my motor. It whistles. I don't blame it. What did you say? Oh, forgive uh, my friend, miss. He's very young. We'll be very happy to check your motor. What I call a real sporty model. Oh, I agree. A beautiful line. For you guys that were just tuned in and you're just listening, this is Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and we're having trouble locating our guests. But in the meantime, I want to try to keep you guys amused. You know what I might do? You know what I might do? Here's what I'm going to do, Said, Go ahead. Keep trying to get our guests. But in the meantime, I'm going to give everybody the rare, the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to call in here and bash me if you'd like oh. to. What do you think about that? Hey, it's Bash Robert on Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Give us a call here at the studio, 727 444 what is it? One three thousand. That's seven two seven four four one three thousand. Try and stump me with some boneheaded Chevrolet comments. Now I know all you guys out there are Chevy guys, and I had to say that because I figured the only way to get you guys riled up is to say, "Hey, you got a it's it's a it's not a bow tie, it's a boat anchor." Okay. Ford has a better idea. Yeah, you guys just remember that. Hey, if there was this graffiti all over town back in the seventies that it said Ford rules, guess what? The spray can was in my truck, all right? <laughs> I'm Mr. Graffiti, Mr. Ford Rules. That was me. So if you want to come get me, call me, 727-441-3000, all right? And don't ask me to say that in Spanish because I don't speak Spanish. Besides, this is the United States, and you speak English anyway, right? That's right. All right. I, and it's a non-political show, but every once in a while, I'm going to go ahead and throw that in there, okay? So somehow I got to live the show up. I really, I got to apologize, guys, because I'm really caught off guard because... I know I can talk. I'm pretty good at that. Um, but I have to have kind of like some sort of a subject to kind of keep me rambling. So we're still going to try to find our guests because at least we got, what, about 20 minutes left. So we'll try to get them on the show. But anyway, so, hey, if anybody wants to call in, try it again. Go ahead. Try your best shot. All right. I know there's a bunch of you guys out there listen, but you're chicken. Chicken. Now you play chicken. 
Yeah, call me. 727-441-3000. All right. Anyway, back to, uh, let's see if I can come up with some car stories. Uh, back in the day, we used to have, in fact, you know, it's kind of funny because we have uh, Randy over there at, uh, uh-oh, I see the phone ringing. Uh, Randy over at, uh, what's it called, Tampa Bay Cruisers? Is that what it's called, Bobby? Okay, Tampa Bay Cruisers. Okay, it's a car club here, and it's started by Randy Haywood, and we meet. Or they meet. I meet occasionally with them. And that's every Thursday night at Quaker Steak and Lube. Now, I'm giving all these guys plugs, so I expect these guys to give me some free hamburgers or something. But at any rate, uh, Tampa Bay Cruisers, okay, they meet every fr- every Thursday at Quaker Steak and Lube. Okay, that's from 5 o'clock till about 8 o'clock. And then the little little the little the little girls get their little trophies because they'll cry if they don't. And I have to say that because it's kind of, they give me little trophy. You know, did the Chinese made trophy. And if I don't get the trophy, I'm going to cry. Well, anyway, hey, you losers out there, what you need to do is kind of hang out. Okay. Go get on the cruise. Hook up with those guys. Go down to, what's that place called? I keep saying a Twisted Marlin, but I think it's a Twisted Tarpon because Chris goes the there. The Thirsty Marlin. The Thirsty Marlin? Yeah, I that think that's is? what it is, yeah. Thirsty Marlin. Okay. Well, anyway, it's some kind of a fish joint down there <laughs> on St. Pete Beach. And let's get a cruise going okay i mean what's this eight o'clock in the afternoon and you guys go and it's daylight till like 9 9 30 and you guys got to go home and do what wash the dishes men's socks uh wash your uh wash your undies <laughs> you know and- all right we're still trying to get the guests but you do have you do have a call but it doesn't sound like they want to berate you on the air or anything they do not, they don't want to do what i don't think they want to trash talk you or anything oh they do okay we'll put them on the air we'll talk to them but if there's a cat if, 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 if they do get out of control Hit the switch. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. We have uh, Cheryl and uh, uh, Brandon. I think I forget. Cheryl. Hey, yeah, you got a girl listening to you. That's a good thing. I like to hear girls. Hey, um, you know, I listen to you every week, and I always hear, you know, from the from the legends. But uh, you're kind of a legend too. So why don't you uh, spend some time telling us who you are? Who I am? Me? Yeah. Me? Myself? And I? Moi? Yeah. Where? What's your background? Where are you from? What you do? And I know you tell us a little bit, but why don't you take some time to interview yourself? And I'm going to hang up now because I don't like being on the air. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Sherry. I appreciate the call. And uh, see, guys, we do have girls that listen. Girls do have cars. Girls are cool, man. Okay. Uh, and anyway, yeah, well, hey, I'm uh, originally from California. Um, probably have figured that out because I mentioned that many, 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 many times. Car guy all my life since I was building models since I was uh, four years old. Um, wound up here in Florida probably in the early 70s. You know, I did the usual thing, you know, the skateboards, the roller skates, the rollers, the bicycles, the mini bikes, the motorcycles, uh, dirt bikes, actually, which was kind of fun. I had some cool dirt bikes. And, uh, and then obviously when I turned 16... I was licensed to kill, and I got a driver's license. So then they turned me loose in the streets of Clearwater. They got me a few times. I never forget my first ticket. I was going down uh, Fort Harrison, and uh, what happened was is I was in my spiffy little 57 Thunderbird hot rod. And I don't know what I was doing, but I was heading north on uh, – no, actually, that's south on Fort Harrison Avenue. I hung a right there. Or I was heading – I was getting ready to head turn right down there, right by Bellevue Road, anyway, by the Bellevue Country Club. The next thing I know, I know some lights flashing. Okay, so then here comes Johnny Law, you know, and I'm a you know 16 year old little punk with uh, flip flops. Actually, in flip flop, we call them thongs back in the day. The original term for thongs were you know little goofy little shoes with uh, made in Japan at that time. And uh, hey, we got our guest on the phone. Oh, okay, well, good. I just finished the story real quick. Anyway, that was my first ticket. And I only had my driver's license like six months, so. But uh, there's more exciting things, and I'll tell you about those things in the future. So without further ado, hey, let me tell you a little bit about my guest. Okay, my guest is finally on the air, right? We got George on the air? Okay, now this guy is a legendary driver. Yes, my friends, he drove Porsches. Yes, my friend, he drove Fords. Yes, my friend, he actually, I think he lowered his standards once or twice and got behind the wheel of a Chevrolet. Um, But at any rate, he has raced SCCA. He has raced Trans Am. He has raced Can-Am. He has raced IndyCars. He has even raced Formula One. He's up there with Dan Gurney and Mario Andretti and drivers like that. He is in the Motorsports Hall of Fame. And, of course, there's a number of them. I'm not sure which exactly one he is. But anyway, with further, without further ado, let me welcome to my show George, Ful- George Trans Am Mustang Fulmer. George, are you there? Yes, I am. How you doing, buddy? Well, I'm uh, catching up with the day, you know. It's uh, been a long day here in North Idaho. North Idaho? Yeah, up here in God's country, man. All right. Well, you, you don't. Uh, how close are you to Canada? You're real close, aren't you? Uh, not too far away, you know. Not too far? Yeah. You know, they, they come down to go to Costco. 
to come to Gosh-Gong and use our health care system, right? Uh, well, yeah, when you hear them talk about theirs, I guess they do. Okay. Well, anyway, so, uh, hey, I mean, we only have about 15 minutes left, so I'm just going to let you talk a little bit because I've done as much yakking as I can do for a while. Well, but, I wanted to hear about uh, whether you went to jail or not with that ticket you got. Well, no, I actually didn't go to jail that time. I did for another thing because they, I think there's a term called fleeing and eluding a police officer. They don't like that. They really get ticked off. Yeah, especially when you got run them. I had this really bad, wicked uh, 1972 Ranchero GT, which I've had up until recently here. But anyway, I was uh, diddy, but you know, I had to use a little spat with my little sweetie back in the day, and I was like a little 16-and-a-half, 17-year-old greenhorn. So I decided to uh, test the limits of my car, which was excess 120 miles an hour, and uh, Johnny Law just didn't like that. So after his little green or his little blue and whatever color light ball, gumball machine on top of his car was chasing me down, I was cuffed and bagged and hauled to the local county Hooskow and uh, spent uh, a few hours there until my mom came and rescued me. And then, you know, because when you're a punk, that, you know, and I th- I'm sure a lot of guys have that story or a story very similar to it. Yeah, I think we've all been there and done that. Okay, so tell us about you. You don't need to talk about me. I can talk about me anytime. But uh, let's talk about your racing career. How you, I don't know if we can do this in 10, 15 minutes, but uh, you started out racing SCCA, right? Club racing with. Uh, yeah, club- Club racing in the, the late, very late fifties and sixties, um, mm-hmm. and uh, and you were you know, racing club what? racing locally, and uh, you know just kind of grew from that, and got uh, kind of went up the ladder as as all drivers do. You know, we always started. Mark started with a little production car, and I started with a little production car, and we moved up. Uh, actually, our careers uh, kind of paralleled each other because we were. Started about the same time and went up the chain into SCCA, and then, and then of course we graduated to uh, better and bigger cars, and that's the rest of the story. Now you're talking about Mark Donahue, right? That's who you're referring to. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, because you guys were pretty good friends, weren't you? Yes, we were. Uh, we were teammates quite often, and we, of course, were very uh, often competitors with one another. Just about in every venue we went to, uh, we were either. On the team, same team, or competing against each other. So. Now, was Mark Donahue originally from the East Coast, and you're from the West Coast? You're from California. Was he? Yeah, I was from California, and Mark was uh, from the uh, East Coast. Okay, and uh, <clears throat> so when you, when was the first year that you became a hired shoe? To coin the phrase. Well, I think it was probably the really. I was a hired shoe uh, in the late sixty at sixty six for the Can Am with uh, John Meekham's team out of Texas. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then in '67, uh, uh, I was again hired to drive for with my first effort with Roger Penske. Oh, really? And Mark and I ran a couple of T70 Lolas together and uh, Sunoco Lolas. Now, with this, and this was Can Am racing, right? That was the Can Am then. Yeah. You need to drink a glass of water there. Sound like you're a little parched. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Water hell, i got to get some wine. Wine. Oh, yeah. Wine, Spodiotti, drinking it's, wine. It's wine time out here now. It's wine time. Well, now, hey, is that, do you have vineyards up that way? Do we have what? Vineyards. Wine vineyards? Yes, we do. Um, we have a few in Idaho, not uh, mostly in the southern part of the state. And then um, Washington State has quite a few uh, vineyards. Uh, they try to grow wine in Washington. It's I don't think it's very good, but they, they work real hard at it. So Okay. But, they have a warmer client down south, and it seems to produce some grapes. Oh, yeah. Well, at any rate, back to racing, back to racing. Okay, so then you guys were racing Can-Am. That was probably the late 60s is kind of when you got into that, right? We Yes, yeah, so in 67, we were we started out uh, with the Paralolas, and uh, we raced the whole season that year, so uh, now, as a team. <clears throat> when you Now, the, the early Lolas, the early Can-Am cars were small block cars, weren't they? It wasn't until, what, the later? Early, early cars were all small block, and then um, I think it was probably 71, I, they started to see a few of the uh, big block cars show up. Now, in 72, you won the championship, right, for, the, for Can-Am? Yeah, with Porsche. With Porsche? Okay, was that a, Sunoco, was that a Penske um, prepared car? Uh, yes, uh, it was a L&M Lola. Or oh. a, a Porsche, 917-10. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, when you're talking about a car that has, am I, am I, I think if that, that car had what, between 800 and 1,200 horsepower? Is that what that car had back in those days? 
Uh, yeah, that's a good number. That's a good number? Okay, now tell me, tell the listeners, what is it like to have 1,200 horsepower behind you on a road course, pushing you around a track? Well, you actually, sometimes, you, sometimes it gets you, really gets your attention. It really gets your attention. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, it was a it was a very uh, very powerful car and very and obviously a very quick car, but it was also uh, a car that was not easy to drive. It was not a it was not a, a very uh, comfortable car to drive. So, in, other, in other words, you really had to wrestle, really had to saw at the wheel a lot to kind of make that car go around. You had to be on top of it all the time. Now, did you ever get a chance to drive any of the M8 McLarens? Oh yes, oh yes. How did the McLaren? With the big block Traco engines in it, compared to the Porsche with the with the, with the flat twelve. Well, I think you're trying to you're, you're too you're getting too many years difference in there. Because, oh, am I? Okay. Well, yeah, you got to remember the development in those those uh, years of Can Am. The there was a lot of development, of course, in the chassis. There was a lot of development of engines, um, and when we the Can Am motor in the seventies was probably uh, you know. 650, 700 horses, maybe 650, but mm-hmm. more than likely less than that in most of them. And by 72, the Can-Am engines, uh, the big blocks, were were putting out 800 horses. Okay. And, of course, the Porsches were putting out 1,200. But So, and along with that, the development of the engines and the development of tires. Tires was a t- tremendous uh, uh, improvement in handling and making the cars handle better and go faster and stick to the road well adhesion is kind of important when you're going left and right when you say well it is and uh, and tires are very important even today i mean uh, mm-hmm. a good t- a good tire or bad tire will make or break you right now when they can am 72 73 was really about the last of the uh, unlimited can am production wasn't it and then they yeah. changed the car they went to they t- basically took uh f5 formula 5000 cars and just threw bodies on them after that didn't that's they? correct yeah they 73 was the last of the can-am it was and it was not a really a very uh good year competitive, competitive series at that at that point because mclaren had pulled back and lola didn't build a car and so there were some leftover cars and um so the competition, the field wasn't very competitive and at that point. Porsche had the 930, which was uh, for Mark, and he, and that was the only one. And and that car was was yeah, you know, it was just the epitome of, of of design. So and that dominated, and that was the end of it. And that was yeah, that was the end of it. All right, take us back a few years earlier in '68, '69, <laughs> when you got into Trans Am racing. The the year that uh, see now in '69 you drove for who? You drove for Bud Moore? Did you drive for? I, I went with, went with Ford okay. uh, in '69. Uh, had the previous year I'd run for uh, American Motors and uh, Jav- uh, Javelins with uh, Jim Jeffords' team. Okay. And uh, Peter was my teammate that year, and then uh, at the end of that year, we uh, both were approached by Ford to drive for them, and Ford has, was going to run two teams, one for from Carroll Shelby's uh, racing operations and one from Bud Moore's. Okay. And I went with Bud and Barnelli Jones, and... Uh, Remy went with uh, Shelby, and and they had uh, I think Horace Quick was most of the, did most of the driving that year. Okay, Sam Posey, Sam Posey drove one or two races I think in '69 for for Ford. Oh, he might have done a couple of uh, spots in there, but uh, he he went into got that deal with um, Dodge with um, Dan Gurney in '70. And yeah, and Gurney got the Plymouth and right. In in sixty eight and sixty nine, I'm just curious. I've often wondered the AMCs, the Javelin slash AMXs, and were there, were those Javelins that you raced? Were they AMXs? They were Javelins, weren't they? They were AM. Uh, they were they were Javelins. They yes. were Javelins. How did the Javelin in sixty, which is basically a unibody car, shock tower design, very similar to a Mustang? How did that car handle compared to the Mustang? I mean, were they very similar, or were there differences? I mean, I've often wondered that. You know. Well, they did. They they were they were similar. They they obviously. With what the rules we were working with, there was limitations of what you could do. I mean, and well, we, some of the stuff we had to had to make work out of, out of a regular production car, and sometimes that was more challenging than uh, than anything else we did to get the car to work. So now Penske took over AMC in '70, 
And uh, mm-hmm. so did he pick up some of the development from AMC in 68, do you know? Well, or? I think the I think the biggest development they we've been working on them was the was when they um, remember when we started AMC was uh, uh, grandpa's car. Yeah. And uh we were trying to make a race motor out of a, out of a out of a Javelin AMC motor and they didn't even build a 305 engine for Trans Am. They were we de-stroked uh, four, uh, 360 engines to make to make 305. So uh, okay, or there was no manifolds. There was no there was no race equipment. There was no pistons. There was nothing. It was a real real uphill battle for everybody. Hmm. And uh, so yeah, Roger took the benefit of that, and he he gave the engines to Traco, and they they continued to develop it. And at the end uh, in '72, when I ran for Javelin, the, um, the engines were. Very competitive. <laughs> when you, how did you? Now, seventy, you raced the Trans Am Mustang. So it was you and Pernilla Jones that basically won it for Ford. Yes. And now in '69, how close was the race? In all honesty, could have Ford taken the '69 Trans Am Championship if they hadn't uh, balled up a bunch of cars on a racetrack somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> well, we yeah, we, had, we did. Yeah, we had one setback after another, but our major our major setback all year long was tires. Really. Um, the. Budmore cars were the class of the field. We we had more horsepower. We had better handling cars. We had we had just about everything but tires. Well, how was it the Chevrolet did so well? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> the Chevrolet, uh, you know, was a good car. I mean, it was a, it had it had quite a few years of of uh, experimentation and design in preparation for it. So. They didn't. They weren't, uh, you know, just out of the box like we were on the Javelin a couple of years earlier. So, but they didn't have tire issues like you guys did. Well, they were running good years, and uh, we were running. Uh, Parnelli and I were running Firestone. Oh, okay. And I we had you. a fast tire. It was a it was a good tire, but it uh, it was only fast for about twelve fifteen laps, and then we we we'd use it up. And then it would turn into a slick, a real slick oh, tire. Well, no traction. Into a, if we didn't blow it, it would just we we had to come in, and we just we we'd still lose so much time trying to trying to drive around that uh, we we'd have to come in and stop. Well, you know, pit stops on any in, in any racing is is a is a big handicap. When you have to make uh, two to everybody's one, uh, that that's not too good. Now you did. Um, <coughs> we only got a couple minutes left, and I really wish you would have been here for the whole time. But we'll get you back on again. Definitely do that. But uh, <coughs> real quickly. When you went from Trans Am to, and you, you're doing Can Am, you're doing that simultaneously. Did you, were you also doing Indy cars at that time too? And in, yes, I was running Indianapolis, and, um, and who I, I was doing some. I did a, a little bit of IMSA races uh, also. Okay, and you also did some NASCAR stuff too, right? Uh, the NASCAR, I did some club or some uh, West Coast NASCAR stuff, and then I, I went. Um, with Bud Moore, and we went. Uh, we ran a Torino in um, 1974. Okay, that was at Daytona. Yeah, well, that yeah, that was our first race. Okay. Well, anyway, we're da- now we're down to one minute. But <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> no, I wanted you on for the whole show. Uh, I wanted you know, but at any rate, but hey, you will come on again though sometime, right? Oh yeah, uh, anytime you can put it together, I'll I'll, I'll do that. Well, because it happen. Okay. Well, I, I really wish you would have been here. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Car. And our special guest this evening was George Fulmer. I mean, legendary Trans Am racer, Can Am racer, Indy car driver, Formula One. We didn't get into that, but you did do some Formula One racing, some West Coast NASCAR racing, and of course, you drove the 72 RC Cola. Torino, right? Of course, uh, yep. man after my own heart, uh, Ford guy, so I really like that. And, of course, uh, he does some vintage racing. And you will be at Elkhart Lake this weekend, right? So if anybody wants to see yes, you. I will be. Yes, I'm coming back for Elkhart. Okay. Well, well, George, thanks for coming on the show. I wish you could have been here longer, but we'll definitely have you on again. Oh, I wanna... Fine, Casey. Thanks for having me. Okay, thank you. And then I want right. to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Car. Sorry for the uh, short uh, interview, but we will make it up to you for sure. So everybody, drive carefully. Stay safe. Hey, love your family, all right? Be good guys. We'll see you at the car shows.